0: You're listening to Stand Out, Get Noticed, episode 254. Hi there, rock star, and welcome to Stand Out, Get Noticed. I'm your host, Christina Cantor's speaker, coach, and founder of The C Method, where I help high-performing professionals and business leaders to build powerful communication skills. Now, my membership program, The C-Method Academy, is now live and open for registration, which I'm really excited about. If you want to develop your communication skills, your confidence, and your leadership in a supportive environment, I invite you to join us. You will also get access to over 200 episodes of this podcast that are not available to the public. You can learn more and join at thecmethod.com join. Okay, So today we're exploring why it's okay to be vulnerable. And this includes, you know, what it means to be vulnerable, as well as why it's good for your mental health, as well as how to listen to someone who is being vulnerable with you. Now, this is a very timely topic for me personally, as well as I'm sure for all of you who are currently being impacted by the COVID-19 pandemic, which is most likely everyone listening so here's the thing. There's a huge amount of uncertainty, right, at the moment. You may be feeling anxious, stressed, fearful about the future, maybe worried about your loved ones, loved ones, um, uncertain about the future of your job or your business. And, you know, this is one definition of vulnerability. Um, Brené Brown um, has done a a lot of very well-known research around vulnerability and she did an amazing TED talk which I'll link up in the show notes Um, but in in her book um, hang on let me check which book oh it's called Braving the Wilderness the Quest for True Belonging and the Courage to Stand Alone she's written quite a number of books but in that one she defined vulnerability as um, she says the definition of vulnerability is uncertainty risk and emotional exposure so this is you know, pretty much what we're experiencing right now. Like there's a lot of risk at stake. We're feeling like our jobs are at risk, our health is at risk, and we're feeling all these emotions like fear, anxiety, worry. And, you know, we're potentially, you know, this is potentially being exposed to people. So I thought it would be timely to do a podcast about this and to help you through um, maybe some of the things that you're experiencing right now and and to and to encourage you to um, bring more vulnerability into the way that you show up in the world. Um, so to illustrate this point, I want to share something that I've been experiencing recently. Um, and it starts with some happy news being I am pregnant. Yes. I bet you weren't expecting that. It's a bit random, wasn't it? Surprise. I'm pregnant. I haven't even shared this with my Facebook friends. So you are very special, dear listener. So Aaron and I are very excited. It's our first child. Um, and we we did plan it. Um, it's conceived before we before this uh social isolation thing. People have been saying to me, Oh, it's gonna be a coron- a coronial. That's what they're calling babies. It'll be born in like nine months from now. And I'm like, no, no, no. This one was conceived before before that. Um so anyway, I'm about eight weeks along and I thought long and hard about announcing this and when I would announce it. Um, And I know that telling people that you're pregnant is a very personal choice. Um, But when I found out, I started telling close friends and family. And I had a few people say to me, isn't it a bit early to be telling people? You know, many people don't announce it until 12 weeks. And I've heard this before you know, and I've been told and the doctor told us that uh, the risk of a miscarriage is much higher in the first 12 weeks, which is why a lot of people hold off from telling people just in case something happens. Okay. And look, I'm not, as I go on, I'm like absolutely no judgment whatsoever on, you know, anyone who, you know, in terms of when you choose to tell people you're pregnant, it's totally personal preference. This is, I just want to share with you my experience. Okay. So from what I've experienced so far in terms of being pregnant, is that the first trimester, this is the first 12 weeks, the first trimester is very heavy on your body. So even though I may not look much different, obviously I don't have a bump yet, but I've been feeling very emotional, especially in the first four weeks. Because as you can imagine, right the first stage of a pregnancy is your the fetus is essentially, for want of a better word, a parasite that is taking as much energy as it can and its nutrients from you. So I'm like the host and it's sucking everything it can from me in order to build. So the first 12 weeks, it's building the placenta. It's building the support network for the baby. So this is actually a very, very like energy consuming time um for you know for a mother and of course your hormones are going crazy and though there, there was the other week I was um I was at the nail salon I was getting getting a pedicure and I'm sitting there and they had like America's got talent like the best of playing just you know on on the screen and I'm sitting there and I'm watching it and I'm like welling up in tears watching when they like press the golden buzzer and you know everyone's like crying and 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 I'm there going oh they did such a good job, and I was like I had to look away like I could not stop crying. That's how emotional I was. And I and we were renovating our kitchen at one point, and I remember driving to Bunnings, and I was listening to that soundtrack to the soundtrack to The Greatest Showman. If you haven't seen it and you want to feel inspired and uplifted, go see it. All the songs are about you know like, this is me. I don't apologize for who I am. You know, I'm going to dream big. I'm going to make things happen. And as I was driving to Bunnings, I just started bawling for no reason. I mean, clearly there was a reason, but at the time I was like, why am I crying? I don't know. So that's what's been happening. That's what happened early. And also I've been really tired all the time. I constantly want to take a nap. There were a couple of weeks there where I maybe three weeks where I couldn't do I just didn't want to do any work. I just wanted to lie on the couch and watch TV. And I've had this sort of consistent, very mild, nauseous feeling. Which has meant that I've had to eat every couple of hours. Oh, and by the way, can't eat vegetables anymore. Can't drink coffee. Anything that's kind of bitter, I just like I can't I can't manage. All I feel like eating is toast, potato chips. And two-minute noodles. The pregnancy cravings are real. Like they're, they're actually real. So I've actually put on weight because I've been eating so, so many carbs. <laughs> and I've stopped eating vegetables and I stopped exercising because um, I felt too ill to exercise. And I have it easy, FYI. I'm sure there's many of you listening who have been pregnant before where you may have been, you know, throwing up all the time, feeling really, really ill all the time. Maybe you've had, Maybe you had migraines. Um, and it was debilitating for you. So I know that I've, I've got it pretty easy. And even this has been very disruptive. So my point is, is that this is the time when I need people's support more than ever. I want to be able to say to people, you know what? I'm not doing okay. I feel really sick or, you know, I feel really tired. I'm really low energy, you know? This is, this is the time when I, I want to be able to tell people this is what's going on for me. And I have it easy. I work for myself, right? I can take a nap if I want in the afternoon. i work working from home now. Of course I can. Um, but I couldn't imagine what it would be like working in a stressful nine to five job in an office and having to be in the office every day pretending that everything's fine. I'm totally fine. There's nothing different about me when all you want to do is like throw up and eat potato gems, right? So I find it really odd that this is supposed to be the time when, oh, you're not supposed to tell people, yet this is the time when, like, you need the most support. So anyway, that's just the way that I've seen it and I totally understand that some people are really private and if something were to happen, if something were to go wrong, they would not want everyone to know. But here's the way I see it. I've thought about it and I thought that, look, if something – undesirable were to happen with the pregnancy, touch wood, that's me touching my timber desk. Um, if something were to happen, I would want to talk about it. I would want to say, you know what, actually I'm doing really terribly. I could use some support right now. And I would, I would want to open up that conversation around a topic that is generally considered to be quite taboo. Did you know that one in four pregnancies end in miscarriage? The stat is higher for older women. Um, it's lower for younger women. But for women in their 30s and 40s, it definitely, it's its very common. But you don't hear people talking about it. And I mean, there are other things, you know, this isn't just about, you know, uh, pregnancy miscarriage. Mental health is another example. I know there's a lot of work being done now to encourage people uh, to talk more and to open up about um the mental health challenges they're they're having. I was fortunate enough to MC the No BS conference um a few weeks ago. It was like literally the week before they basically cancelled all events. So we were really lucky that we got to run that conference. And it was it's like a tech business creative conference. But what I really loved about it was that many of the speakers weren't there to talk about their business and, you know, look how successful we are and look at all the cool things we've achieved. We had speakers get up there and talk about the anxiety that they experienced and still do. You know, we had people talk about their depression and um, their, um, their imposter syndrome and not feeling like they're good enough and then burning out. And it was so refreshing to hear that and for them to share their stories. And I think this is definitely something that we need to be doing more of being being open and and sharing our stories and sharing what makes us vulnerable. But here's the thing: that it's it's scary. I know it's terrifying making yourself vulnerable because when you do so, you open yourself up to judgment, rejection, and criticism, and then that leads to shame, which is the feeling that we're not we're not enough. Um. Again, if you, if you haven't seen Brene Brown's work around this, I do recommend you uh, check out her TED Talk for starters. So for example, you know, for a speaker sharing her story of living with anxiety and depression, by sharing that openly, she's opening herself up to the audience potentially thinking, Oh, she mustn't be very good at her job if she's anxious all the time. You know, Maybe the audience is thinking, oh, she's failed as a person. I've lost respect for her. There must be something wrong with her. You know, so that's what we open ourselves up to. That's what we fear people will think. For a woman who has experienced a miscarriage, she might fear, um, you know, she might fear that others may see her as less than, perhaps being unworthy to have a child. She may fear that others may love her less for not being able to have a child, perhaps. Um, Or maybe, again, being seen as something being wrong with her. And wrong, I say, you know, quote unquote, wrong. You know, so these are just some examples of what might pe- people might be um, thinking or, or fearing. But the reality is so many other people are going through these same difficulties. And I truly believe that the more we talk about it, the more it will become normalized and we'll begin to feel less alone. We'll feel more supported and more connected but for more people to open up and be vulnerable, we need, we need people to initially be the ones to be courageous and step up and say, hey, this is what I'm going through. You know, I've, I've spoken to people before who, um, you know, ha- have shared their own stories on stage about, you know, struggles that they've gone through. And they tell me that they always get someone coming up to them afterwards and saying, thank you for sharing that. I've, I'm going through the same thing, but I've never spoken to anyone about it. But now you've inspired me to also to also open up and to share because I can see how much it helps others. So by sharing your story, by sharing your vulnerabilities, you then inspire and encourage others to do the same. So if you can do this, I, I guarantee that there will be others who will be grateful that you did. Yeah, and there'll be many more who think, "Wow, I thought I was the only one going through that." So feeling connected and like you're not the only one going through these challenging times is is absolutely critical. It's critical to helping you to feel better about yourself, better about the situation, and to normalize what it is that you're feeling so you don't feel like something's wrong with you. For example, going through this COVID-19 situation, I'm I'm in a community of many small businesses and and many of them have been losing work, you know, really struggling. Whole income streams disappearing. And us too, you know, I run a company called Podcast Services Australia with my husband Um, And we've had podcast jobs, you know, put on hold. And interestingly enough, though, I'm not really stressed about it because there's something comforting in knowing that everyone else is going through the same struggles. It's actually worse when you feel like you're struggling by yourself. Earlier this year in January, I did an episode about how to be kind to yourself. And I did that while I was in the sort of in the throes of moving house. And I talk about how when I moved house, it was extremely disruptive for me and Aaron. It was very stressful. And I started to judge myself really harshly for feeling unmotivated, for not wanting to do work. And I felt like my business was stalling because I wasn't doing any work. I felt like I wasn't progressing. And meanwhile, though, right? I'm out and about, I'm talking to people, I'm like, how's things? How's business? People are like, oh, so busy. I've got so much on, you know, I just picked up this great client, blah, blah, blah. And I felt worse (laughs) because I was like, oh, I'm the only one who's struggling. And it it actually felt pretty crappy. But now it's like, I'm kind of like, well, everyone else is going through the same thing. It's actually quite reassuring and I'm less stressed because I'm like, well, if we're all going to go broke, we're all going to go broke together. So that's, how, so that's how I've, see, I've seen it. And it's, so as you can see, it's not the situation. It's actually knowing that other people, that I'm connected with other people, that we're all in this together. So this is why it's so important with whatever you're going through, it's so important to remain connected to people that you can open up to and share what you're going through in a supportive space. And I've been doing this with my clients, you know, because of this, the COVID situation. I, I woke up Saturday morning at like seven o'clock with this, I woke up with this idea. I was like, oh my God, I need to, I need, I need to create more connection with my clients. And I immediately sent out an email to all of my one-on-one clients and my um, group coaching clients. And I said, Hey, I'm doing a call Wednesday morning, be there. Let's just talk. Let's just talk and connect and share with each other what we're going through. And so we did that this morning and it was awesome and everyone was working from home and one of the main challenges was that, you know, people were struggling with creating a new, a new routine, working at home, especially with kids around and not having set lunch breaks and that kind of thing. And it was really nice for everyone to share what they were going through and to realize that, oh, okay, we're all going through this. It's not just me. I'm not the, you know, the weirdo. So that's my, those are some of my thoughts around being vulnerable and I would like to share with you how you can best respond when someone else is being vulnerable. Because one of the things that stops us from being vulnerable, I believe, is that we, we're not taught how to have these conversations. For example, have you ever said to someone, you know, I'm really worried about this, or you know, I'm really I'm so angry at this person, and then the other person says, "Oh, don't worry," or they or even worse they say they say, "Calm down." Have you ever calmed down when someone tells you to calm down? No. Right? So this is this is an example of someone who does not know how to deal with someone else's vulnerability. So we're going to take a quick break, and after the break, I'm going to share with you the do's and don'ts for how to communicate with someone who is being vulnerable. Speaking of connecting with and being supported by awesome like-minded people, I want to share with you a bit about the C-Method Academy, which is my members only training and accountability program, which is all about helping you to let go of your self-doubt, to find your voice and to speak with impact. If you feel like you have limited influence in your organization, or maybe you lack confidence in your abilities as a leader, maybe you feel like an imposter, like you don't deserve to be in your role, or you struggle to articulate yourself clearly and concisely, then I want you to know that you aren't alone. Just like I've been saying in this episode, there are many other people going through similar challenges as you, and I've created a program that brings together a beautiful, encouraging community that I'd love to be a part of. And they're all going through these same challenges together and supporting each other through it. As a member of the Academy, you get access to online masterclasses. These are mini courses where you'll learn new skills around public speaking, workplace communication, presence, and emotional intelligence and leadership. You'll get access to exclusive podcast content, over 200 episodes of the Standout Get Noticed podcast that you can't access anywhere else. You get access to live sessions. These are monthly webinars with myself where you'll get to ask me questions directly and also be coached on your challenges. Plus, you get the accountability and support of our beautiful community in our online platform. Membership is extremely affordable and I'm also offering monthly and yearly options as well. So for more information and to join, go to thecmethod.com slash join. That's thecmethod.com slash join. Okay, back to the show. Okay, let's get into some tips and tricks in terms of how to and how not to communicate with someone who is being vulnerable with you? So what this might look like, right? If someone comes to you and being vulnerable, they might say something like, you know, oh, I'm so angry at this person. Or they might say, I'm really, I'm really stressed and I don't know what to do. Or they might say, you know, I'm feeling really worried about this situation and I'm unsure of my next steps. Okay, so someone's coming to you with they're sharing an emotion with you, or maybe they're not saying their emotion, in, in, so, in so many words, but you can obviously see that they are feeling some very strong emotions that they're really struggling with. You know, maybe they're crying, maybe they're um, really angry, upset, frustrated, etc. So I'm going to start with what not to do. Um, don't tell them, do not tell them to calm down. That never worked for anyone. Don't tell them, I'm sure everything will be all right. Okay, you're not. Your job is not to placate them. Your job is also not to fix them. So a lot of people want to offer a solution. So they're real doers, and they're like, "Oh, have you tried doing this? You know, this worked for me, or so this worked for so and so." They haven't come to you for advice, okay? Unless they literally say. Can I ask your advice on something? Can you give me some tips on what I should do? But if someone comes to you and saying, I'm feeling really sad, I'm feeling really um, stressed. um, Don't just say to them, have you done this? Your job is not to fix them and give them solutions, right? That's not what they want. Um, Another thing not to do is don't one up them and make it about you. So don't say, oh, you lost your job? Well, both my husband and I lost ours too. So, you know, we're in a worse off position than you. So you're not doing too bad, right? Don't, don't make it about yourself, right? They're coming to you. They are upset. You need to be there for them. And finally, don't minimize their problems. So saying something like, oh, it's not that bad. Or even worse, saying, I don't see why you need to be upset about it. Like, what's the big deal? You know, you don't have, you know, you've got all these other things going for you. What does what that even, that doesn't matter. So that's like minimizing their problems. Those are some things not uh, what not to do. Now, here's what you can do, all right? So firstly, I want you to keep in mind that this person is coming to you. They're being vulnerable and their biggest need right now is to feel heard. Their biggest need is to feel heard. So your job is to provide a safe space for them to feel and for them to express how they feel. That is all. Okay, that's it. So again, stop. Don't make it about you and go, oh, I need to fix the money to give them the, I need to tell them the, no, no, just know that this person needs to feel heard. And it's your job to provide a safe space for them to feel and to express their emotions. So the way that this might look is that you validate their feelings. So if someone comes up to you and says, oh, I'm so stressed because this happened, you can say, yeah, that sounds like it's really stressful for you. That's it. You just say, wow, yeah, that that must be stressful. Yeah, that, that must be upsetting. Yeah, I can see how that would make you angry. Like you literally... You're not coming up with any new content here. You don't need advice. You're not coming up with like what to do. You're literally just repeating what they've said to you. Um, you can even, you know, not, you can also paraphrase what they've said. So if someone's like, you know, oh, my dog passed away and I'm really sad. You can say, oh my goodness, your dog passed away. They might say, yeah, and I don't know what to do. Then you might say, oh, you, you don't know what to do. Oh, that's understandable. Anyone in your situation would be like would feel that way, right? So you see you haven't, you're taking what they've said and you're paraphrasing it and saying, yeah, I hear you. I hear that this is what's happened to you and that this is how you're feeling. That's all you really need to do. You don't have to do much else. And doing that in itself is really difficult because I know oftentimes we feel awkward with a silence and we just want to like feel the silence and be like, okay, well, what about this and blah, blah, blah and blah, blah, blah. See if you can get comfortable with just holding your tongue. Just hold the silence for them. Just let them be. You know, we have so much noise in our lives these, these days. To actually be able to sit with someone and for them to just sit and be sad or stressed or angry, and for you to just sit there and just be there for them, that's something really powerful. Something else you can do is ask them what they need right now. So you could you could say, you know, what do you need right now? Do you want me to? Do you want me to li- just listen? You know, because this person has come to you. They may not necessarily tell you what they need, but there's nothing wrong with asking. You know, if you're unsure, you might say, okay, do you want me to just listen? Do you want me to um, give you some advice on what to do? Do you want me to, you know, challenge you on what you're going through? Right? So you can actually ask them and say, what do you, what would you like from me right now? And, of course, doing it in a really compassionate way. You're not saying, you know, what do you need? You're saying, okay, how can I best support you here? Tell me what you need from me. I guarantee that they will absolutely appreciate that. I've done that for friends before where I had once had a friend come to me and she was crying really heavily. Um something really upsetting had had just happened. And um all I did was just say, like what I've what I've just been um sharing with you now. All I did was say, that must be awful. Yeah. That's totally understandable that you feel that way. I'm really sorry to hear that. That must be I can yeah, that must be super stressful. That must be really upsetting. Anyone would feel that way. And you know, and at the end she just said to me, thank you for listening. Thank you. And she said, most people have, um, most people just tell me that everything will get better, which (laughs) she, which she hated. So look, it, it's interesting because this doesn't come natural to us because we're not taught how to do this. So right now, when people are going through these really difficult times, now is a really good time to practice this. So I encourage you to to firstly, you know, to see if you can be courageous to be that person to open up and say, hey, this is what I'm going through and it's really difficult, you know? So that's one thing. And of course that might take tiny steps. You don't have to announce to the world you're pregnant like I do. <laughs> you take it step, small steps at a time. So do that and also see if you can be that person who can hold a safe space for others to open up to you. I truly believe that we need it more than ever during this this challenging time. So thank you for listening to this episode. I hope that you found it valuable. Now, if you are looking to connect with people and want to be part of a support community that really understands you and and what you're working towards, then I do invite you to join the C-Method Academy. We've got a wonderful group of people in there and at the moment we're running webinars around supporting people through this covid crisis and making sure that people feel like, you know, they're not alone in this. That's a really big part of what 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 we do. So go to the cmethod.com/join if you want to learn more about that and also to sign up. And also if you found this episode valuable, then I do encourage you to share it with a friend. I think the more people that hear this message, the better. And I really appreciate you taking the time to um, to share this with others and to help spread the word. So thank you for spending some time with me today. You keep on being awesome, rock star. And I'll talk to you next week. I'm Christina Cantors and this has been Stand Out, Get Noticed.